James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another one of our timeout series of the Buckets and Beards podcast. Today, we are talking about great individual performances. Yes, we are. So, we're going to be looking at individual player performances, but there's a little bit of a twist. So, we could talk about games like Wilt dropping 100 points or something like that, but we didn't watch those games. So these that, are games... I believe that particular game, there is no footage of it. There is no footage of it. No, it wasn't even recorded. There's yeah. just the photo of him holding up the sign. The sign that said he scored 100. So we can't even talk about that game because there's yeah. no footage of it. But we're going to be talking about games that have changed our opinion about players, I guess, or just great performances that stick in our mind that we watched, that we watched live. Yep. So... Let's start us off. So you can start us off there over there, George. All right. So the first one I'm going to bring up is is probably one of the most iconic games or iconic moments in NBA history, and it's Michael Jordan's flu game. The flu game. The flu game. So this is in 1997, uh, game five, I think, of the finals. Yeah, against Utah. Against Utah. And... Essentially, Michael Jordan got food poisoning the night before the game from a dodgy pizza where six blokes have turned up to deliver the pizza and even his trainers and all of his support stuff are like, something doesn't feel right, but he was so hungry that he just wanted to eat. So he smashed the whole pizza and then it smashed him. Yes, and if you have had food poisoning, you do know how hard it is to do anything, yep. let, let alone play a professional game of basketball. Yep, and then he's come out... You could see he was shattered. You know, hardly you could hardly stand up at times. There's again a really iconic picture of Scottie Pippen basically helping him off the court at a timeout. Yes, um, and in, in, I, I actually, I think I actually watched this game live too. Yeah, I think so. I think I did, and I've just got his stat line in front of me. Forty-four minutes played. It's a forty-eight minute game, so he played almost the whole game. Yes, thirty-eight points, seven rebounds, five assists. On 13 of 27 shooting. Impressive. That's super impressive for someone that could hardly stand up straight. And I remember from my thing, like they're talking about, oh, he's not sure if he'll play. Like he barely warmed up. Yeah. He literally was last minute decision on whether he would walk on the court or not. Yeah, Oh, exactly right. He almost didn't play. Um, so that that's my first one. Like that is one of those games through Michael Jordan's career. There were so many we could have talked about. Yes. But that one just sticks with Stands me. out for you. Yeah. And that's fair. And um, look, I, I'll admit when I was looking at games that I could talk about, I didn't even think about that one. So if that one stands out to you, like well played. But again, it's a, it's a game too. Where, like the Bulls won at 1988. Yeah. Like Jordan was clutch as well. Yeah, and, and obviously he needed to play. Yeah. Because he needed to be on, on there. Like 44 of the 48 minutes. Yeah. With food is- poisoning. So you're playing 11 minutes a quarter. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, the only person in that game that played more minutes than him in, on, in for either team was Scottie Pippen, who played 45. Yeah. Other than that, you know, every other player on the court is around that 24, 23-minute mark, apart from Jordan and Pippen. 
And that just proves how good Utah was in the late 90s. Yeah. Like, they pushed the Bulls. Like, to have so many of those games come down to last possession, one shot, or, like, a couple of minutes at the end of the game, like... They were they were legit, and I, I know this isn't the, the the focus of today's pod, but the Bulls in that game only attempted fifteen three pointers. Really? Yeah, and Utah only attempted nineteen. Most teams these days have done that in about the first 15, 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Like most, yeah. Honestly, though, most teams are putting up probably close to fifty three point attempts. Yeah. Like, yeah, while you talk about your game, I'm just going to bring up a random game from today. Yeah. And just quickly look at how many triples. All right. So, Rocket Celtics today uh, that was played this morning, you had Boston put up 33s and Houston put up 47. 47 threes for a game. They shot 24 of 47 three point attempts. But that just shows. How Sorry, that was Boston. Changed, Boston was 47 attempts. That just shows how the game's changed, yeah. though, and how it's used as a weapon. It wouldn't, shooting threes back in the 90s, it wasn't used as a weapon. There no, wasn't as like good that. shooters and that sort of thing. Um, my first game that I'm going to talk about, we have to go back to the 27th of December, 2022. Yep. And it was a game between my New York Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. And this is the first game where, like, I knew Luka Dontich was good. He's very but good. But this game, obviously, playing against my team, um, I'm pretty sure is at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, damn. Like, this, damn. this was the kind of his coming out party of, like, this kid is special. Like, the game just slows down for him. Like, he just goes at his own pace, and he just was big. So... Looking at his stat line, he had 60 points. He had 21 rebounds, 10 assists, shooting 21 of 31 from the field. Wow. And like, it was it was one of the best performances I think I've ever seen by a player. Yeah. And as I said, he, it, it was his coming on the scene party. Like, like, I remember this game. I didn't watch it live, but I do remember watching it after the fact. Yeah. It was it, that was the first time you look at him and go, "Wow, this kid's legit." Yeah, and the Knicks threw everything at him, yep. like literally everything at him, and could not slow him down. No, and um, even to this day, teams can't slow Luca down. No, and he just he just does what he wants out there, like that European pedigree. If they teach him the right way to play basketball, um, and then they come over to America, and everyone's like, "Wow, like this guy can do everything," and he yeah. did. He literally did everything in that game. Absolutely everything. Um, like Knicks pushed him hard. Got him to OT. Um, and we were playing short as well. I think Barrett went down early in that game, only played a couple of minutes um, with an injury. Um, but we we were we were running pretty low on in on injury as well. Like we didn't have Brunson um, didn't have no, didn't have Brunson. He was a right hip injury. Randall went down early. So we had we had a couple of backup players playing for us. Yes. Um, but But still. But that performance from Luca was special, and it just so stands special. out. It stands out in my mind. Playing obviously at Madison Square Garden, one of the biggest and like most known stadiums. Yep. In America, the mecca, the mecca of basketball. 
which it needs to get back to that. Oh, it does. Um, and it's it, an amazing place. And it's place. up there. Like, it's up there with, like, Kobe's 50-point game in the garden. Jordan's. Jordan's 50-point game in the yeah, garden. all of them. Like, all of them, like, just put, put Luca on that tier for me. Oh, 100%. Watching that game. 100%. And look, another game where someone has kind of just come out of the blue and dropped 50 is a game I want to bring you back to which was November 1st, 2018. 2018. 2018. We've got Minnesota playing Utah in Minnesota. Okay. Derek Rose is Taj Gibson, Josh Okoge, Carly Anthony Towns. That's, you know, your your Wolves players. The Jazz, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles was there. Donovan Mitchell was still there. Exxon was off the bench. Grayson Allen was there. Jay Crowd. Like, this is the era we're talking. Yep. And Derek Rose has come in and dropped 50. And the reason that this stands out to me so much is that I remember watching this game. I remember watching the post-game interview and he was in tears. Yeah. He was just so overwhelmed and blown away by what had happened because he'd had so many injuries. This is after his horrific knee injury and, and all of that. And to come out 50 points, four rebounds, six assists, 19 of 31 shooting of four of seven triples. And lots of people had written him off as well. And I think that's what injury. it was. Um, especially like losing his athleticism. I've said it on other podcasts, how I think the knee injury, although it was horrific, might have been a really good thing for him because yeah. he lost his super athleticism. Like he's still doing wrong. He's still probably super athletic, but he actually had to learn how to play basketball. Correct. His shot improved, his passing improved, his decision-making improved because he just couldn't run in and jump over the top of everyone. No, exactly right. And it's the same thing. Again, you, you watch Jordan, you watch Kobe, you watch these guys at the end of their careers. They changed their games. You know, there was more post-ups. It was more of that sort of stuff. It wasn't the flashy jumping over everybody. Yeah. And I think that's been a blessing in disguise for Derek Rose. But again, and maybe this is a topic for another timeout episode, but you know, his career was cruel by injuries. Yes. We, we do need to have one where we just look at players who were cut short. Their prime was cut short by injuries. Oh, and look, the, the first thing that comes to mind is Brandon Roy and Greg Oden up at Portland. Yes. But... Different topic for different, different topic, day. yeah. All right, but don't mind that one, Derek Rose. Um, one that stands out to me and just is a legacy game for uh, Mr. LBJ. Yes. LeBron James. Um, and we're going back to 2016. We're going back to the NBA Finals. We're going to be looking at uh, Game 7 versus the Warriors. He played 47 minutes. 27 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. So triple-double in the end. Two steals, three blocks. Um, only shot nine of 24 from the field, so only 37%. Okay. And one of five from three. But he was eight of 10 from the foul line um, and plus four overall. Yeah, so right. he, he was just doing everything out there. That's doing what and LeBron does. Like, it, it was his legacy game. Like, he went back to Cleveland and they came back from uh, 4-1 down. Yep, 3-1. 3-1 down, sorry. To to win it all, to bring the championship home to Cleveland. Yep, which is what he said he always wanted to do. It was, but like he just put Cleveland, the whole city, the whole state on his back. Oh, 100%. And just carried them home. And LeBron is so, you know... 
dedicated to his family and you see that with his kids but you know he's dedicated to where he comes from too it's one of those ones where you just kind of like it's just going to stand out yeah in my mind um as the highlight one of the highlights of lebron's career like he's had an illustrious career we've talked about that before but he, he his team around him wasn't great no like it was him and, and yeah, you can say about his championships in Miami, he had Wade, he had Bosch, he had Ray Allen and that sort of thing. So he had help there, but he didn't have much help in Cleveland. No, he didn't. So the fact like they it had, makes it even more impressive. Yeah, it just makes it more impressive. Um, but to have a triple double when it came down to it um, and the massive block against um, Iguodala. Yep. Pinning it in to that the backboard. Pinning it to the backboard. Like, it's just all iconic things that are going to get replayed over and over again. Yeah. So, that, that's one for me that I'll always remember that I watched that game live and, and wanna- saw LeBron in his prime absolutely dominate a classy Warriors outfit. And do I remember about those games as well? So, stupid jersey t-shirts. Oh. You remember those? I do remember the jersey t-shirts. They were awful. Was it in those finals that... LeBron actually ripped the sleeves off his. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. There was one of them, I don't know, because he put up a shot and then he was really frustrated and he literally just under his arms, just like full on just ripped his shirt and then he went like that, moved his shoulders around. Yeah. And then he was like, all right, I'm good to go again and played the rest of the game in a ripped shirt I'm because he was just like done. They were, they were a flash in the pan though, weren't they? They were, they, they were things. That, that's, that's getting getting off topic though. But no, LeBron triple-double versus the Warriors. Huge. Game seven, 2016 NBA finals. Watching it live, um, yeah, I just it's it's just a memory of LeBron being yeah. LeBron and, and he's, doing and he's LeBron prime. things, getting Absolutely. getting his championship for Cleveland. Got very emotional. It was a big emotional thing, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the the last one for me for today's episode, I'm taking you back to April 25th of 1994. All right, so we're in California. We've got the Spurs versus the Clippers. The Spurs were good. The Clippers were not so good. Okay. Um, this is the the Spurs t- team of the era of David Robinson, Dennis Rodman, and it's the Clippers era of Ron Harper, Dominique Wilkins, Mark Jackson. Okay. Okay. David Robinson dropped 71 points against the hapless Clippers. I do know about this game, but I... It was probably a bit before my time. Now, see, this is one I can remember watching as a kid. I would have been about 10 watching this, uh, living over in, in Western Australia, and they they used to show the games on Channel 10. The Admiral, who usually, let's be honest, was probably more known as a defensive player, comes out, drops 71 points on 26 of 41 shooting, and still pulls in... 14 rebounds and dishes out five assists. Huge. Like, that's ridiculous. The Admiral was legit. Like, yeah. he, he was a scorer when he first came into the NBA. Like, again, you don't see stat lines like this very often. Like, he was the only player for the Spurs in double figures for the whole Oh, really? Game. Yeah. Like, Dennis Rodman was literally the next highest scorer with eight points, but, you know, 17 rebounds doing what Rodman does. The only other game that I think could I probably match that might be Kobe's 81. Yeah, pretty where, much. Where like, nobody else on the Lakers did anything for them. Yeah, like they attempted 87 
um, field goals. And David Robinson had 41 of them himself. Yeah. And again, we, we've, we've just touched on this before. The Spurs attempted six. Three-pointers. Three-pointers. For the whole game. The whole game. Look, and Robinson you're not, you're put not, up two of them. You're not going to shit. Robinson put up two of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, I, I have, do remember him stepping out to the corner a bit to yeah. shoot, shoot those corner threes. But um, yeah, that's impressive. 71. Yes. And it goes down huge. in, it, I think, what is it? Like the fourth or fifth highest scoring game of all time? It's something like that because you've obviously got Wilt's 100. You've got Kobe's 81. Did Donovan I think it's Mitchell, third. Did Donovan Mitchell get in the 70s though? Was it Mitchell and Booker dropped 70? 70, oh, I, thought, I thought that was 61. Maybe it might be 71. I don't know. I'll, tell, I'll Google it. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it's 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 definitely up there. But that game, obviously, you said you were about 10 when you were watching it. Yep. must have just given you your love for basketball. Oh, 100%. Like, just watching that, watching the way he would play was just incredible. Yeah. Um, guess my last one. All right, just off topic, all right. uh, eighth all-time. Eighth all-time. But, just hear me out though. So you got Wilt at 100, Kobe at 81, Wilt at 78, Wilt at 73 twice, and David Thompson once. Wilt at 72, and then at 71, Elgin Baylor, David Robinson, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard. Okay. Okay. So... One, two, three, four, five. So really, it's only it's six, but it's just because there's multiple people in yep. some of the positions. And then you know, you got Wilt and Devin Booker hitting seventy. Jordan was sixty nine. Wilt and Pete Maravich at sixty eight. And then it's basically just Wilt. Chamberlain. But just such a dominant performance, though. Yeah, like as you said, nobody else in his team scored in double figures. No, so and that's that's the bit that just blew me away. Yeah. Um, my last game that I'm going to talk about is. It was actually quite an emotional game. Okay. I, I, I watched this one live um, and it was Kobe Bryant's last game. Yes, that, that was a great game to watch. Um, look, obviously coming towards the end of his career, he wasn't uh, putting up the numbers that he no. normally did. Um, but he, he could still play. Like he's, he's, he's still had that work ethic and that sort of thing. Um, but in his last game, it was against the U, uh, Utah Jazz. And yep. they did win uh, 101 to 96. Okay. And Kobe Bryant gave it his all. Yes, like, he did. He left it all on the floor for his last game. Yes, he did. Hit some really big shots from down the stretch. Like he was gassed. He was absolutely gassed. Oh, he gassed. was cooked. He was and cooked. And I remember him going over to the bench at one point and he's just like, you're not taking me out. Like no. I'm, I'm winning this game. So he dropped 60 points, shot 22 from 50 from the field. He put up 50 <laughs> shots to get them the win. Which is huge. It's massive. He shot 44% from the field, uh, 10 of 12 from the line, and 6 of 21 from three. Yeah, wow. So I mean, That's a lot of threes for Kobe. That is a lot of threes well. for Kobe as well. But I think that's because he lost that step as yeah, well. He couldn't he really had. burn his players that After much as well. His you know, age and his Achilles injury and all of that. Absolutely. But to see him relive his glory days and literally to go just, out like that to go amazing. out on that high like you've got lebron now in season 20 who is putting up legit numbers that nobody's seen before but to see kobe relive his glory days insane like 
He would have been in ice in an ice bath, I reckon, for three weeks. For afterwards. three weeks after that, yeah. He, but he he wouldn't have cared. No. Nah. Um. But his Lakers got the win. They weren't very good. They weren't at, great, at that no. time. No. But it was it was just an emotional roller coaster. Like they were struggling to see him out there, just giving it all, giving it his battle. Like it was. You can't look away basketball. Like, was that? I don't. I'm not even sure I picked up my phone during that game. Was that Dirk's last game as well? No. Did Dirk play the following year? Was it? I believe so. Is yes. that okay? Yeah. Yeah, no, that I, I I watched that game as well. That was an incredible game to watch, but it just it just stands out that it just epitomizes his career and, yeah. and what his love for the game was. It's Kobe in a nutshell. Yeah, um, but yeah, watching that game and yeah, it was yeah. I I've got no words to explain no. what it how it made me feel. Like it was just it's something you remember. Like I was I watched him live. Drop sixty in his last game. Insane, yeah. That's Which insane. It's cr- it's crazy to think about that that we're on the other side of the world, and we can we can watch games live and things going on over there. And that's it. That's the thing, like you so said, we're on the other side of the world to where the games are played, but most of them are televised for us mid morning. Yeah, it, so it's the, on. A, it's on at a decent time. Yeah, so we can watch them. And, and I have been known to be at work uh, with a game on my laptop in like the top corner while I'm while I'm doing other work. Yeah, look, and that I, sort of stuff. I might so have games on my phone while I'm sitting at my desk as well. But. Exactly. But they're, they're our games. So they're, they're games that have stood out for us that we've watched live that have influenced our basketball. Absolutely. Um, so let us let us know what your favorite game is. Absolutely. I'll, uh, as I said, um, in other podcasts, I'm going to jump back on the socials. I'm going to start doing that a bit more and I'll put up a thing and just comment. Let us know what your um, favorite moment of basketball is like what's a performance that stands out yeah, to you that, there's a lot that we could have talked about there's so many and that that's that's the thing like that that's all we're looking at it was really it was actually out. did you find it really hard to narrow it down to yeah, three yeah because i was sitting there and i'm like oh yeah there's that game oh there's that game but again it's, it's it's also sort of like the eras for us as well like you know for me you know the bulls in the 90s like that was everything yep so and then you know there's periods of time where you, i just don't remember much yeah, and specifics, but then even the just fact you at, can remember back to '94. Yeah, I remember for David I just, Robinson. I just remember that game's always stuck with me. And, and you know, we talked about the Admiral in one of our pods just last week, and yeah, he he was a really underrated player. I've I've actually um, remember like the first game of basketball, like NBA basketball, I ever watched. Yeah, and I was like eight years old. Yeah, there you go. So you, who played? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Chicago, New York. There you go. Bam. And it was when. Um, Jordan was off playing baseball. Yeah. And so okay. that's why I'm the Knicks fan because Patrick Ewing was just dominating. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm the blue team. Go. I'm going to go for the blue I'm team. The blue They're team. my team. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure the next week, my mum went out and bought me a Knicks hat. Perfect. And then Knicks fan ever since. And you've still got you know, a thousand Knicks hats. Oh, yes, I do. But, um, but yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity flip.